Hello, this is Theo DeRosa and welcome to Bully Banter, our Mississippi State Athletics podcast for the Commercial Dispatch. With me are Alex Murphy and Colin Dams, our two new reporters, and we'll let them introduce themselves as we get started with you. So, uh, hi, my name is Alex. Like Theo said, I'm the new high school and preps reporter for the Commercial Dispatch. I'm also doing some Mississippi State stuff on the side, primarily uh, sports like volleyball, soccer, maybe a little bit of baseball and softball mixed in there, other things like that. Uh, I graduated, I guess just a quick thing about me, I graduated from the University of Maryland in 2020 with a degree in multi-platform journalism. Um, I'm originally from uh, the South Jersey area, Southern New Jersey. So a little bit of a difference coming down here, but definitely a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to talk about Mississippi State. And uh, I'm Colin. Uh, I do part-time sports with the dispatch covering some high school stuff, as well as helping out with Mississippi State. Um, I'll be mostly on the Mississippi State women's basketball beat, but um, I'm from Starkville. I've been going to Mississippi State games since I was a little kid, um, and I've got, you know, experience, um, <laughs> especially watching the football team. Um, yeah, I've got degrees in history and a master's in European history from Southern Mississippi, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be on this podcast. Sounds good. We'll get to it. Mississippi State football starting next weekend against Memphis, September 3rd, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. A lot of optimism so far as we move through fall camp. Bulldogs, you know, practicing, getting ready for that season opener. They bring back Will Rogers. They bring back much of the defense and a lot of the offensive skill positions. This team went seven and six last year. Pretty good regular season. Wins over Auburn, Texas A&M, Kentucky. Unfortunately, a loss in the Liberty Bowl put them at seven and six on the year. And a lot of people are thinking they might be able to improve on that. Guys, can you give me your thoughts on the team that you've seen so far? Colin, you can go first on this since you have way more knowledge about this than I. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I understand why there's a lot of confidence buying into this team. I think a lot of that comes from this is Mike Leach's third season as head coach. Um, we saw a lot of the growing pains his first year. Uh, and then last year, a lot of that sort of came together, especially as, you know, he's got Will Rogers, who, you know, he, he as a freshman, he was able to start over the back half of that season but uh his sophomore campaign really i mean he took control he got really comfortable in this offense um he started pushing the ball downfield a little bit towards the end of the year and uh he broke pretty much every single passing record uh for a single season i think for mississippi state so um yeah there's there's a lot of excitement about that um i i think it's probably Reasonable to expect probably, you know, seven to eight wins from the schedule. Of course, playing the SEC is always really difficult. But, um, I mean, there's there's reason to believe this Mississippi State team can give some of the SEC powerhouses a problem. Alex, yeah. as somebody who doesn't really, you know, came in not probably knowing that much about Mississippi State, what do you know about them or what do you think about what Mike Leach has set up here? Yeah, so from what I saw, I mean, last year, I mean, you guys were talking about the air raid offense. I know we've been talking about that. I mean, Leach has definitely got, you know, has that going in a really, really good position moving forward. I mean, Rodgers, for example, was third in the FBS in passing guards last year, and that's you know pretty impressive considering, um, you know, everything that's going on. But on the, you know, contrasting side of things, along with that, I mean, you have the, you know, not as much of a priority to rush the ball. And I feel like that's definitely – 
I mean, I mean, I understand the, you know, the positives that that come with an air raid offense. But I also think that, you know, being able to rush the ball um, is is really important, especially in the SEC, um, you know, a conference where uh, you, you have some of the best, you know, rushing defenses in the country, uh, you know, teams like Georgia and like Alabama. So both of those teams are on Mississippi State schedule this year. And uh, I'm not it, it's going to be very, very interesting to see them play those teams. I don't you know, want to say. Uh, definitely on the pod that they're going to win or lose those games was definitely going to be interesting to watch um, them play, you know, both of those teams, but uh, you know, mixing things up a little bit more in the play calling, I think is definitely going to be positive, but, you know, looking at things when it comes to offense, I mean, they were, they were, they were one of the best teams in the SEC last year in points per game um, in offense, um, you know, just offensive statistics in general. Uh, they they definitely have a lot of good things going moving forward, but they do have a tough schedule as as does every team in the SEC. So, you know, a lot of things are still up in the air. I think that their non conference schedule is very favorable to them. So, um, you know, it's a wait and see type thing, at least for me. You mentioned not being able to definitively give any outcomes for some of those bigger games. I think I can definitively say they will lose to Alabama. Alabama looks really good this year. Returns to the Heisman winner at quarterback and the best defense. Okay, well, I'm not trying to like <laughs> to like cause any bad blood originally and like you know say like they like bridges immediately so yeah going into that though i mean i think i see their record at eight and four i think they go sweep through the non-conference games which are memphis arizona bowling green and east tennessee state like you said kind of a favorable non-con schedule and i think they go four and four in conference play i don't know if mississippi state fans would consider that a successful season but i think given this program's history i think it is a pretty solid year so especially it's, given the schedule. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it used to be just getting to a bowl game was kind of a struggle. And then over the last decade, you know, as Mississippi State has kind of gotten to at least six wins pretty much every season, that's sort of become the norm. But, you know, when you're kind of building the program up again under a new head coach, which, you know, this is his third year, it's not really a new head coach, but this is the time where you would expect – some of his recruits, some of his style, you know, people who buy into his program, that's really going to start shining through. Um, I, I did want to ask you, Theo, since, you know, you're our Mississippi State beat writer and you've been around this team a lot. What, what are your ideas on how Mississippi State are going to kind of replace Makai Polk in the, in the passing game? Who do you think is going to stand out at wide receiver? Because obviously that's such a huge, you know, important position in the air raid. I think Mississippi State is priming uh, Caleb Ducking to take that spot. Caleb Ducking was a guy that sat behind Makai Polk and kind of learned from him. Ducking talked recently about all the stuff he learned from Makai. He's a former JUCO guy at Holmes from South Delta School on uh, uh, Rolling Fork. And he doesn't really have that much of a pass catching background since high school. He had a really good year, you know, senior year in that offense. But at Holmes, he only caught, I think, nine or ten passes in the one season that he didn't redshirt. And he only caught, I think, five passes last year. So it might be hard for a guy who has that limited of a background to just step in and catch 100 balls like Mackay Polk did. You also have some other guys like Rufus Harvey from your own Starkville High School. He's been really impressive so far in preseason camp. Looked really good in the scrimmage on Saturday. Leach said he's going to play a lot, but he's more of an inside guy, although he can play at the outside as well. I don't think it'll be just one person that replaces Polk. I think they have Jaden Wally needs to step up. Austin Williams will be that consistent force again. You have, you know, guys like Tulu Griffin and Rara Thomas competing at the other outside spot. 
like you said, I think it'll be uh, kind of by committee because Polk did really produce a lot and they wanted him to come back and he did not come back and they're going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Ducking. Uh, when I went to the spring practice um, back in, I guess it was March. I mean, he really stood out just cause he's a big guy and it seemed like they were really trying to develop him on, you know, getting over and winning those catches on the sideline. But um, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, he's the type of receiver that I really like to watch um the guy that can really win those physical battles and i think that would be really useful for mississippi state yeah ducking is six five six uh six five two twenty which is obviously pretty big for a wide receiver yeah. and he does have the frame you talked about and it is interesting to look at him and just think wow this guy could be a weapon but again he doesn't have he hasn't proven that yet and maybe this is the year that he will i think that's a good point i i did want to add i mean looking at their schedule uh and you know Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like in the SEC that that home field advantage plays just a bit, you know, is just a bit more of an advantage than maybe other play, uh, other conferences in the country. I mean, having A&M and Arkansas both at home, I think, is really, really um, – that, that definitely helps them out. And they beat A&M last year uh, in College Station. So, I mean, that's – you know, that's a big thing in itself uh, uh, to see that. And, and then also I do think, you know – while their non-conference schedule is favorable, I think playing teams like Memphis, which has been a consistent powerhouse in the AAC, I mean, they've been, you know, ranked in the top 25 in recent years and have, um, you know, played in a, um, in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl uh, as recently as a couple of years ago against Penn State. I think it was, what was it, the Cotton Bowl? I think it was a few years back. So, like, I mean, you know, that's a good they, – they, they have a very solid uh, non-conference schedule. I think that's going to set them up really, really well for the um, – uh, once the SEC schedule comes. Yeah, I think that Memphis game, I think it will be closer than some of the projections. I think the betting line is 15, 16 points. I think it might be a little closer than that. I think, obviously, Mississippi State, SEC team playing at home, should have the firepower to beat that Memphis team. And we'll see if there's any kind of motivating factors from last year's loss at Memphis. They kind of pushed Mississippi State over the line or maybe help them build that lead. But the Arizona game is interesting because Arizona was terrible last year, but it is still a power five program. First road game of the season late at night. That'll be 10 p.m. Central. You never know what's going to happen in a game like that, especially Mike Leach's teams do tend to beat teams they're not supposed to, but they also tend to lose to teams they're not supposed to. And all those factors combined, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost to Arizona, but I think they're definitely the better team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how in a trip like that, that's actually, I mean, you know, everything's in the U.S., so maybe we kind of push it to the back of our head, but Arizona's pretty far away. I mean, that's a that's a trip. So, Pac-12 after dark is a real yeah, thing. Yeah, Mass- Mississippi State on Pac-12 after dark is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's Mike Leach's first Pac-12 after, after dark since leaving the Pac-12 after dark. So it'll be <laughs> I'll be out there in Tucson in a few weeks, and we should see how that goes. Another thing that uh, Mississippi State storyline is, we kind of mentioned it before, but that defense looks really good in camp. They have, I believe, eight or nine starters back from last year. You lose Martin Emerson. You lose Aaron Brule to the transfer portal. Everybody else is kind of back. You've got the entire defensive line with Jaden Crumity, Cameron Young, Randy Charlton. You bring back Jordan Davis. At linebacker, Tyrus Wheat, Nathaniel Watson, and Jet Johnson. In the secondary, Emmanuel Forbes returns. So does Colin Duncan, Jalen Green, Sean Preston is back. And they've got new guys with Jackie Matthews 
and a younger guy, D. Cameron Richardson, probably stepping into that other cornerback spot. Colin, when you look at the defense, what do you think? I think, I mean, I feel pretty confident saying that, you know, most of the last couple of decades of watching Mississippi State football, defense is the stronger side of the ball. Um, Mississippi, Mississippi State recruits really well on defense as well. And I think that's a reflection of, you know, in this kind of era of how pro ball affects college recruiting, that's the side of the ball where Mississippi State turns a lot of these prospects into NFL players, especially on the defensive line. They've got a really good history of that. Um, obviously, that's that's going to be really important in the SEC. And in, when it comes to, you know, getting in these games against a Texas A&M, against an Auburn, well, maybe not Auburn this year, but against a Georgia, you know, that's, that's going to be a big game at Davis Wade Stadium. Those are the kind of games where the defense gives you that chance to, you know, upset one of these bigger dogs in the SEC. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. Yeah, you kind of saw that happen last year with the Kentucky game. They limited Kentucky to 14 points, and that was the number 12 team in the country. They are capable of having games like that. If they're even better this year, I think they could not only have some of those wins, but I think they could be a top four or five defense in the SEC. There was a game, too. I don't think it was actually under Mike Leach. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was still under um, uh, Joe Moorhead. But uh, they went into Tuscaloosa, and they held Alabama to, I think it was like 14, 17 points over the course of the game. And then, you know, Alabama put it away late. But the defense put a struggling offense and a chance to actually win a game against the number one team in the country. And I, I think Mississippi State, defense you know really buys into that as part of their identity that's kind of stuck through all these head coaches because you saw the same sort of qualities in the defense last year as you saw in some of those defenses and the big years under Dan Mullen and Joe Moorhead so um yeah uh, I I I think the defense is going to be a really important part of the team this season the biggest part of it last year was they gave up a lot of big plays you saw that against Memphis and Alabama in particular I think this defense is if not gearing toward that, should be trying to cut that out. And I think with the pass rush help that they're going to get with Jordan Davis being back from injury, I think if you can get to the quarterback a lot quicker, you know, you can cut out some of those big plays that they hit on because you can't get home in time. So that'll be something to watch, and it could make a lot of difference for the defense. Yeah, sorry, I don't really have, uh, I mean, all that I know in terms of uh, you know, I was trying to look up statistics about, you know, what the defense did. It's kind of interesting to look at how well they did in terms of total defense. You know, they were they were a top five total defense, you know, yards given up in the SEC. But then on top of that, I mean, they were toward, you know, they were in the the bottom half of the of the conference when it comes to uh, points per game given up. So like like Theo, like you were talking about with those big plays. I mean, those those make all the difference because, uh, I mean, it, it, it definitely shows when you're looking at that, you know, a top five defense, you know, statistically with total yards, but then bottom half defense with points given up. So if they can limit those big plays uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to make all the difference this year. Mm-hmm. I think when they play some of the more explosive offenses, that's what really sticks out. Um, yeah. You know, some of those teams that really value the uh, Alabama Ole Miss lately under Lane Kiffin. Those have been problem games for Mississippi state. So um, yeah, it'll, uh, what do you guys think about the egg bowl this year? What's, what's been kind of the, 
the talk around that because obviously Mike Leach lost both of the egg bowls in his first couple seasons. What, what's kind of the importance he's put into that game, uh, if any? I don't know how much importance he puts into it. I mean, you saw at Washington State, he rarely won the Apple Cup with Washington. I don't know how much that was, you know, the talent gap in recruiting or just Leach not putting as much stock in rivalry games or like not putting extensive stock in rivalry games, but the fan base certainly does. And I don't think they're happy with two straight egg bowl losses. I think they'd be quite unhappy with three straight egg bowl losses, even if Mississippi state has a good year. However, I think this is the year that ends. I think they go into Oxford and win the egg bowl this year. Ole Miss has so much to replace and I know they've done it through the transfer portal, but I just don't know how well that's going to mesh right now. And we'll get to, Michael Katz from the Tupelo Daily Journal on uh, next week. But for now, I will see. But I think Mississippi State has what it takes to beat Ole Miss this year. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, Thanksgiving night in Oxford. Uh, I mentioned, you know, Mississippi State going eight and four. I think that October schedule is really tough. You get A&M and Arkansas at home at Kentucky at Alabama in four weeks in a row. I think that Mississippi State's four losses this year are going to be to AM, Kentucky, Alabama, and Georgia. Maybe that's not a hot take because those are the four best teams that they play, but there we are. What about you, Colin? You think seven or eight wins? Yeah, so the way I've been looking at it the past couple of years when predicting the schedule, I think I picked seven and five last year, so I was a little proud of myself there. But um, usually when I look at games against that block of – it's normally like AM, LSU, Alabama, Auburn. And then if they play one of the bigger teams from the East, like Florida or Georgia, Mississippi State, you can maybe expect to win one or two of those, but they're definitely not going to win all of them. And uh, Alabama's, that's a team that Mississippi State haven't beaten since 2007, which was Nick Saban's first year. So um, that one I'm chalking up as an L already. Um, I'm thinking that Auburn is probably going to be a win. It seems like things have been weird in Auburn, and I'm not really sure how that's going to impact their season. Um, and that was a team that Mississippi State, you know, they struggled at start at the start of the game, but it looked like they weren't far from figuring them out. And over the second half, obviously, with that huge comeback win, um, they certainly figured Auburn out. So um, I'm thinking the Kentucky road game and the Georgia home game are probably going to be the other losses but I'm really interested in both um, AM at home and Georgia at home, because if, if both of those teams are kind of hovering around the top four at that point, I think that's going to impact, you know, Mississippi state and the, the crowd atmosphere is going to be a really big deal because I mean, teams don't really like coming into playing at Davis Wade stadium, especially in a night game when they try and get that record crowd number up. Yeah. You kind of saw that with the Alabama game last year. Now, Alabama quieted the crowd pretty quick, but yep. it was a pretty hype atmosphere. I mean, night game, number one team in the country, like you can, or I think number three or number five at that point, because it was right after they lost to AM. Right. But yeah, I mean, a, a team like Alabama comes in here, the defending national champion with Georgia comes in here. You're going to see a big crowd, and that can make a difference. The thing with Georgia, too, is that you can. You can expect that their defense is probably going to reload, okay? I mean, they lost a lot of players to. I mean, they had probably four or five players that should have gone in the first round. I don't know if all of them did on defense. but First round picks on defense. Yeah, I mean, the first overall pick on defense, right? Um, but their offense always looked a little bit vulnerable last year. So if the defense can really step it up, if this atmosphere can make the team uncomfortable, you know, maybe force some turnovers, 
Stetson Bennett, I mean, he, he showed a really good side of himself. He won the national championship and I think he deserves all the credit for it. He had a really good season with Georgia last year, but is he the type of quarterback that you can trust all the time in those situations? And, you know, maybe that's a, that's a game Mississippi state can take advantage of him. That is a a really, really good point. I I was going to say, I think that I I think the optimist in me um, thinks that they could get nine, but I think that the nine would be so Theo, you were saying four and four. I think um, if they go five and three and then win out, you know, win win non-con, I think the one game would be that Kentucky game. I think that's a really, really interesting game to kind of see how they can play against a good team like Kentucky. Uh, and, and and like I said before, the um, the the AM game at, at, at home is going to be a really, really, really good test considering how good AM has been in recent years, especially last year, them, you know, hovering. Uh, just outside of the college football playoff. So, uh, and, and I mean, you know, e- even though Bama and Georgia are really, really good, uh, it, something could always happen because, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen in a college football game. I know things are, are things are somewhat definite at times, but uh, you never know. And I, I think Colin brought up a good point about that atmosphere, especially with the Georgia game of it being home and depending on where Georgia is. I mean, that, that could play, the crowd could play a really, really, really big, um, impact in that or could have a really, really big in, impact in that game. Absolutely. If you're facing like a nine and O number two in the country, Georgia team at that point, it could be, yeah, huge crowd, huge noise. And maybe, you know, nighttime upset or something that could be the first game Georgia loses. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they beat Georgia this year, especially with all that they lost Alabama, I think is going to be a little tougher, especially on the road, but yeah, yeah. Georgia, that'll be, a, that'll be probably the most, hype crowd and the most fun atmosphere that they have this season. At I will say realistically, it'll probably be somewhere between seven, eight wins. Mm-hmm. Just like the optimist would be like, Oh, it'd be, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens if they got nine, but yeah, seven, eight is probably very realistic. Colin, any bold predictions for this year's Mississippi state season? Hmm. I guess the popular one seems like it's going to be, you know, Mississippi State upsets Georgia. Like, that's going to be the popular hot take. I know Stefan included that in his, I think he had like a bold prediction article a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've seen a lot of fans already circle that game. So I guess, I, I think Mississippi State goes into Baton Rouge and beats Brian Kelly's LSU. Um, and I guess I'll pair that with, they also beat either Georgia or Texas A&M at home. Fair enough. I don't know that uh, Jaden Wally gets to a thousand receiving yards. He's been, you know, seven, about 700 as a freshman, something like 600 last year. I think he gets that up, but I think he's their leading receiver by far this year. I don't have any, I don't have any specifically. I just, the uh, other homer in me wants Mississippi state and Maryland to play in a ball game. So Uh, if they do, that's probably not good news for Mississippi, (laughs) but we'll see how the thing. I don't know about that. I don't, that would actually, you know, I, I was thinking about it. Those two teams, I think are very evenly, like, like when you compare the two, I think they're very evenly matched. Well, the because Music City Bowl is a SEC versus Big Ten, so we can. That would be that would honestly be a lot of fun, and I I really do think I mean both teams have a really really good, um you know have an have an up and coming offense. Both teams have a have a very good defense. I think Maryland's more up and coming than Mississippi State's because Mississippi State's way more established. But I think that would be like a really really good test at the end of the year, depending on where both of them land. I think that would be a really really interesting bowl game. Definitely. Before we move on to some other sports, the last thing we typically do is we pick some of the games that are happening this week. 
we do have a few terrible football games this week. Nebraska versus Northwestern. Who's winning that one? Oh, God. Can I? Can nobody, I nobody is the answer. No push. Push. I'm gonna. I'm gonna root, say North. I'm, I'm rooting for a tie. Yeah. I'm gonna okay. say Northwestern because um, uh, I, I forget his name. Scott Frost. Yes. I, I I don't think he's it. I don't think he's it for Nebraska. I think. Uh, I think this is the year he finally gets fired. I mean, yeah, Northwestern's pretty pretty bad, but at least they have Pat Fitzgerald. Scott yeah. Frost should have stayed at UCF. It's the mm-hmm. biggest mistake. No, I, I actually I actually agree with Colin. Northwestern's been a very low-key, very good team in the Big Ten in football in recent years. Uh, and Nebraska's just been the laughing stock of the Big Ten, among other teams. It, it, like They're like very average, is how I would describe them. But ne- Nebraska fans think that the team is going to go 12-0 every year. But I, I, I think it's going to be close, but I think Northwestern's going to pull it off. Speaking of very average Big Ten teams, Illinois taking on Wyoming. <laughs> I guess Illinois. I don't know enough about Wyoming. Is it is it in Champaign or is it in the house that Josh Allen built? In Champaign. <laughs> I'll uh, just because because they're at home, I'll just give it to Illinois. Yeah, I'll say Illinois. North Texas against UTEP. Oh boy. <laughs> Man, we are really pulling like, for yeah. games right now, aren't we? <laughs> Why can't we do a pick 'em for like all the good games? There's a bunch of good <laughs> there's go. a bunch okay. of good games. Next week, next week, for sure. I got you. Oh god. Um I'll UTEP, say UTEP. Yeah, I was gonna say UTEP wins an OT. Uh, I don't know how good North Texas is, so I'll just keep it interesting. And then lastly, Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hawaii is gonna win that one. Vanderbilt is not a football school. Hawaii's got uh, such a fun team. I, I, I think, you know, maybe I'm just thinking back to the teams where, like, Hawaii was just passing for, you like know, Cole Brennan was on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were, they were passing for, like, 5,000 yards a season and something like that. Uh, I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Hawaii. Okay. Um, the Athletics' Ari Wasserman has this take that is, like, is mind-blowing that Hawaii isn't one of the best programs in college football. It's like, what else do you need in recruiting? You're going to come play football in Hawaii. But, That's a yeah, pretty good recruiting some, pitch. Somehow. I mean, maybe... And maybe, they're getting a new stadium. They are getting not, a new stadium because because Aloha Stadium's essentially rotting from the inside because of the... Um, yeah. yeah. Or rusting from the inside. So they're, they're, they're getting a nice new stadium coming up. That'll do it for Mississippi State football, but we've got some other sports going on. Mississippi State volleyball starts its season this weekend, and soccer's already in full swing. Uh, with the soccer season going, they're going to be hosting Lipscomb this Thursday, August 25th. Colin, you, you went to one of those exhibition matches. What have you seen from the soccer team so far? So the way that they set up is very structured uh, from what I saw. Um, I was at the 2-0 win in the first exhibition game over Sanford. It definitely looked like it was the first game of the season. They were shaking off some rust. Um, they usually, when, when they were in possession, it seemed like they were really trying to push through those, those wide areas. Um, they had like a three at the back. They played with a little bit of a mid block. So their midfield would try to press and win the ball back in the middle of the field and keep you know, their defense pretty close to that as well. Um, whichever side of the field they were possessing on that center back would kind of step up into the midfield as well. Um, they would have a couple central midfielders. They would have wing backs that would do most of the work out wide. And then they'd have a couple forwards that were kind of on either side of the target striker. Um, they looked really, really sound structurally and defensively, which is generally the 
idea when you set up that way. You want to kind of cancel out the opponent's possession, not let them in behind you, because if they do get in behind you, that's kind of where you're weak because your defense is pushed up so much. But um, it looks like it's worked so far. I mean, they've only conceded one goal in their four games. So um, it looked they were a little bit slow in getting into attack, but it looks like they've sorted that out a little bit in their other games. Um, yeah, it, it, it should be fun. It looks like, you know, they've, I mean, they had a, a freshman player of the week already in NCAA, and she seems like a really creative player on the ball. If they can get more of that going in attack and get more of those patterns of play, getting, the ball into the area, getting the strikers where they need to be. Uh, it should be a good, good system. Alex, you were at media days. What are some of the storylines to follow with this soccer team? Uh, so uh, what Colin was talking about with the defense, I really think that this team prides himself, prides itself on, um, on defense and goalkeeping. I mean, when you look at, you know, the two best players in the, you know, um, uh, Colin, are they playing a, um, are they playing a back four or are they doing um, a three man backfield or, or three man back? It looked like it was three center backs. So uh, the captain, at least in the game I watched, was uh, Gwen Mummert. Uh, okay. She's from Germany. Um, I think she came through an academy there, but okay. um, at one of their clubs in uh, Berlin. But yeah, just very, very structurally sound defensively. Three at the back with wing backs. Uh, so it could be a back five at times. So okay. when, they, when they do need to get back, they have three centrally and then got one out on each wing. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So back three or back five. Uh, I mean, uh, Andrea Tyrell is, you know, one of the, uh, I guess, kind of like one of one of the centerpieces of that. I believe last year she was an all SEC selection. Uh, this year she was a preseason um, uh, SEC watch list and also a United thing was United soccer coaches preseason watch list player uh, in net. Um, uh, Maddie Anderson, uh, again, another um, uh, all SEC selection last year. Preseason watch list, United coaches preseason watch list. Um, so both of them are going to be really interesting. Um, Colin was uh, alluding to Olivia Buxton, who was the uh, SEC freshman of the week. I believe it was last week. Um, she scored two goals against FIU. Uh, so she's a really interesting player to kind of watch this season because um, she's already had success early on. So that's going to be interesting to kind of see, you know, how she continues to progress. Uh, the other two players in terms of preseason watch list players in the SEC for Mississippi State were Macy Hodge and uh, Haley McWhorter. Um, both of them were first-time preseason watch list um, selections. Uh, Anderson and Tyrell were both second-time uh, selections there. But, I mean, it's it's going to be really, really interesting to see what's going to happen with them because I think that their non-conference schedule, you know, much like Mississippi State football, I think that their non-conference schedule for soccer is really good. Um, they already played Miami uh, and FIU to start the season, but they also have Minnesota at home uh, coming up. And the SEC is a strong conference this year. There's, uh, from what I can see, there's there's five teams currently, four four teams currently ranked in the top twenty five, uh, and two other teams that have received votes. Uh, so those teams: South Carolina is number four, Ole Miss twelve, Auburn sixteen, Tennessee twenty two. So two in the top fifteen. Uh, and in terms of teams that they're playing, uh, you know, ha- you know, playing Miami, a team in the in the ACC, which has three teams in the top five and a team like Minnesota, which has, you know, in the big 10, two teams in the top 10. I mean, that's, that's really, really good for this team. And it's going to continue to build up confidence as the year progresses. I think that, you know, they should be competitive. They just missed out on the SEC tournament last year. So I think if they can, if they can, you know, 
correct the slight mistakes that they made as the season went on last year, I think that they should definitely be in, in, in contention again in the SEC tournament and see what happens from there. Sounds good. Again, they play Lipscomb on Thursday night, and it should be an interesting match to watch. I think that covers all of our Mississippi State stuff this week, so I think we'll be wrapping it up. Alex and Colin, thanks for joining me for the first episode of Bully Banter, and see you guys next week.